0: Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanne LaFleur. This is season eight, episode four. Today we are talking to Elizabeth Woodson. She's an author and a pastor, and she's been doing discipleship in megachurches. So we're going to be talking about embracing the life you have, not just the life you want, which is something Man, I think we can all relate too. Thank you so much to our sponsors who are making this conversation possible. The Compassion Canada and to Scripture Untangled, which is a new podcast by the Canadian Bible Society. More on them later. But we want to remind you about our YouTube channel for a back catalog of podcasts. There's all kinds of conversations now over seven or eight seasons, as well as digital church Facebook group. This is where you can continue the conversations we're having here. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you have a resource you love that you want to share. Maybe you're wrestling with something or, hey, maybe you even just have a job that you want to hire someone for in this digital community. Find us in the Digital Church Facebook group. Great way to keep talking after the podcast is over. Okay, Elizabeth Woodson is a Bible teacher and and an author who's passionate about equipping believers to understand rich theological truths of scripture. So she loves helping people internalize their faith and that's why she was a discipleship pastor. She worked at the Village Church most recently as the, in, as the Institute Classes and Curriculum Director. She also was the Single Life Coordinator at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. That's with Pastor Tony Evans. So maybe you've heard of some of those churches, big Texas churches, or maybe you've heard of some of those people. But Elizabeth is all about how to work out Christian education in our day-to-day life, which is what we're gonna be talking to her about today. So without further ado, here's the conversation with Elizabeth Woodson.
1: Welcome to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best
0: communicators in the world. Here we go. Elizabeth Woodson, welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. I am excited to be here.
0: Uh, okay, give us the intro on who you are. We were just talking about Dallas is where you yeah. are from, but give us kind of paint a picture of your life, give some context for your for your life and ministry.
1: Yeah, I am a Bible teacher and author in Dallas, and that is, which basically means I work for myself. Uh, <laughs> and so that has been a recent transition. I for about seven years, worked on staff at two different churches in Dallas, not at the same time, um, but have experience working leading singles ministry, which I got lots of great stories from leading singles ministry, <laughs> and then doing theological education at a church in North Dallas. And so I just have a heart for helping people understand what it means to walk with Jesus in the everyday. Yeah. So how do we take what we read in our Bibles and apply them in the moments when life is good and life is hard and everything in between? Been the seminary at Dallas Theological Seminary. And the Lord just brought me to ministry from a career in business. So I have a background in nonprofit accounting, did that for about 10 years. And then I was volunteering at a local church I was going to when I was in Chicago at this time and just had such a great experience. I was like, man, I want to do this and I want to help people understand what it means to follow Jesus. Now there's a much bigger story there, but it was that experience that led me to quit my job, sell my stuff. In 2010 and come down to Dallas I wow. hope it a dream. Wow! And God's done a big, big work in my life since then. So that's how I got into ministry. And I love what I do. I love meeting new people, hearing their stories and talking about Jesus.
0: Okay. Well, let's, let's at least, I mean, maybe we'll get more pieces of the story as we go here, but <laughs> what you've just said is that you're more recently, I think you, I don't know what the word used if you said self-employed or entrepreneur, <laughs> but there's this, it sounds like you've left your sort of official church role and gone out on your own, which is something I did a number of years ago myself. So okay. I totally resonate. Um, yeah. How did you do that? Why did you do that? Maybe like, can you tell us a bit of that story? Like, how did you know it was time to do that? What are you excited to try and dip your toes into now?
1: Yeah. You know, it was, it, it probably was a mix of a couple different things, but the main thing was, man, I think for church ministry, And you, there comes a point where you're like, I'm going to dig in and I'm going to be with these people and I'm going to be in this place. Um, And that's just really essential to you doing church ministry really well. Mm -hmm. And I think I realized a point where these are wonderful people and this is a wonderful purpose, but maybe this isn't the place I need to be. And so kind of wrestling with the Lord over, is this what you have for me? Is it something else? And feeling like God was like, I need you to take a step of faith but I need you to take the step before I tell you what's on the other side. Wow. And that's the wonderful, wonderful journey of faith uh, that is beautiful, but hard at the same time. And it really is. I am passionate about helping people take that next step in their spiritual growth. So maybe you know how to read your Bible. Maybe you know how to pray and you show up to church a couple of times or you watch it online, but how do I grow deeper? Right. And what, what conversations do I need to have with people on my shelves or people that um, that communities that are on the internet or other places. And I just want to help people do that. And that's what I was doing at The Village, which is church I was most recently at. And so what I love is the creativity I get to sit in. Um, and so I get to create content, um, both on social media and both offline. I get to speak in different places. And so for me, that's still a super creative uh, experience of preparing a message and giving it to people with the purpose of how can I equip you and inspire you on your journey with the Lord but it's also super scary. You know, entrepreneurship is not easy. And so to me, it is, okay, Elizabeth, how do you trust the Lord? But then how do you use the good tools that are available to you by people who've done this before? And so it's a lot of learning for me because it's a new space. It's an exciting creative space, but a new space for me to be in.
0: Well, and if you come from an accounting background, uh, I'm sure you're literally, you've got some sort of spreadsheet, like, when can I leave my job? Or like, (laughs) you know, financially, when does this make sense? Cause you know, like we can talk a lot about following God and an act of faith and, and yes, yeah. that's, that's the number one thing. But I think then there's also people who just do something dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they watch t- best too best many best. YouTube videos about people who quit their jobs and they have <laughs> like no real plan and they don't have a spreadsheet. Like I'm assuming someone like you might, I don't have spreadsheets, but I assume <laughs> someone like you might have, um, <laughs> So maybe what were some of those practical things like, or were there like voices that you wanted to check in with? Like, is this just me? Am I crazy? Or is this like the right thing? Because a lot of people right now, we're calling it right. The great resignation. A ton of people yep. Yep. have either left work or are wanting to, or dreaming of, or thinking about conspiring right. about how could I leave? And <laughs> and there's something maybe God is stirring in us about change. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. So how did you, like, how did you figure out yeah. like that
1: was the moment? <laughs> you know, it was, cause I agree uh, that you can have dreams, but you have no like strategy behind the dreams. You're not gonna go very far. Uh, because it's not that I'm not doing work anymore. I'm just doing a different kind of work. I'm choosing my heart. Uh, and I just choose a different sort of heart instead of working in the local church. I want to support the church. Um, And so I talked to a lot of members of my community, like my parents, my sister, my really close friends, and just people who I knew wouldn't just say, oh, that's a really great dream. Go ahead and do it. But okay, how are you going to make money? How are you going to pay your bills? Mm -hmm. What's the plan? What's your six month plan? What's your year plan? What are you hoping to accomplish? And as you're talking about things in your head, you sound like a superstar. (laughs) You sound like you have all these great ideas, but when you have to verbalize it to somebody else then you realize, oh, either I do have a good idea or maybe I need to go back and think about that some more. Yeah, oh, um, that's a good, that's so, actually a
0: cool way yeah. of saying it, that like
1: in your head, <laughs> it sounds good, but if you can't
0: articulate it clearly to somebody else, maybe it's yeah. not as good as you thought.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's humbling because you're like, oh, I thought that was really great. And maybe it's not as great as I thought it was, but it, I want to be, I want to be the best Elizabeth possible. And so what I know is that that's going to, that's a, that's a learning curve I need to give myself to, to the work, but for me it was it was planning out my exit. So it wasn't just me deciding I want to leave and the next day I put in my notice. It was okay, what's the timeline? Uh, what needs to happen so I leave my church well so that they're not trying to put things together to deal with the mess that I've left. How can I love them well in the exit? And then, okay, Elizabeth, what are you gonna do? Like, what's your what's your month goal? What's your month goal? What's your three-month goal? Like, what are you trying to do? Um, and That to me has been really helpful. Working with the business coach has been really helpful, again, just to keep me accountable to do things. Um, And so that's probably what I did is I created a plan to leave and also create a plan for what I would do once I left. Because with no plan, things get a little wonky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what I'd love to talk to you about then, I mean, coming from both your education and like you've studied Christian education and then you've like worked it in the local church. Um, I think <laughs> it's a big topic. I mean, obviously you study it for a lot of years, but like discipleship is not going so well in most churches. Um, like for Christian formation, how to we, how to become a, a form yourself like Jesus, uh, and know him better, and live like that, and then invite others, disciples who make disciples, you know, all this kind of stuff. A lot of churches talk about it. A lot of churches, not a lot, some churches even have a plan. But I think, you know, we're seeing like the fruit right now of a lot of bad discipleship. Bad as in either it didn't have it lacking, like it lacked, didn't exist, or like bad theology, you know, that has made people um, you know, make it all about themselves. It's a huge topic, but I'd love your insight into to some this whole conversation. Um, I mean, at some level, it's just like, what do we do? Like, there's some stuff that hasn't worked. How do we fix it? How do we fix it, Elizabeth? How do we <laughs> disciple people? Well, here's
1: my perfect plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is, that's a really great question um, because we are seeing the fruit of, you have people who supposedly, We're in church every Sunday, um, or most Sundays of the month, and you're hearing a message, and it should be about Jesus, and so it should be pointing you to follow Jesus. And the fruit of it is that it doesn't look like those two things match up. But what the Bible says about following Jesus and how we're showing up in the world, and I think I think there's a couple different things in it. Um, I think one is it that. That discipleship is this process of learning that we dedicate ourselves to. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just information. It is information lived out. So it's information in community. Um, It is this, uh, how am I applying the things that I'm reading about? Um, How am I being challenged about how I view the world? Mm -hmm. And challenged in a good way to say, maybe you're holding on to some things that actually don't measure up with what Jesus says. But here's a question. Do I actually know what I believe as a Christian? Do I know the things that are essential and have been essential for thousands of years mm. to identify me as a follower of Jesus? Um, and am I able to see the ways in my own life or in my culture where uh, those things don't measure up? Can I do th- uh, I, what I see is people majoring in the minors and failing in the majors? Mm. And so we love to fight on Twitter. The best <laughs> place to to now a battle owned by uh, Elon people. Musk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl, <that's> so <laughs> 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 it's like, oh gosh, um, that uh, I have no problem dishonoring image bearers to get my point across, and so it's things like that. It's like, can I, it, it is. What does it mean for us to be followers of Jesus? Where am I learning that in depth? Um, learning that from a diverse group of voices, but then being challenged to live it out all the time. Mm. Um, and so partly it's, there isn't any challenging um, that uh, our churches are cons- consumer, we're consumer-based, um, that you come and sit and you receive and you go home. Yeah. Um, any educational philosophy conversation will tell you, your learning is not just going to come from you hearing something right. and just not doing anything. Passively. This like lecture
0: style is not, yeah. it's limited. There, I don't know. Yep. You may know what the, whatever the percentages are. Yeah, Like we only remember like 20% of
1: what we hear or something exactly. like that. Exactly. And like you said, limited is a great word that we need to have areas that I regularly show up to where I'm engaged in ways that help me remember more, but also live out more and be formed and be accountable. And that takes time. <laughs> that takes effort, uh, and that takes a consistency that maybe everybody doesn't want to show mm. up for. Um, and so, to me, it is it's the ways and the environments we're providing in our churches for people to grow, and our willingness to acknowledge the ways in which they're broken, and try to do something new.
0: And if you think, I mean, i've I've worked in mega church, I've been in a smaller church, I've been in big yeah. church. Um, and often it's the mega churches that are um, critiqued as bad at discipleship. Yeah. You know, they're good at the big event, but they're not good at the discipleship thing. But I would argue there's a lot of small churches mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe don't do it either. But do you think that, I guess it depends maybe what, di- what a definition of discipleship is, but mm-hmm. do you think it can happen in a large group setting? Is, does it have to be small, smaller groups oriented Um, is, is that the place like to really focus, you know, and I'm thinking of like all these people who are watching sermons on their phones, me included watching some TikTok video of a Bible verse. Like I wouldn't call that my discipleship though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I do think that's the small group aspect has to be in there somewhere. Uh, because again, it's easy for me to like, it's, it's, it's easy for me to listen (laughs) and then walk away to something else. But when I'm with, and I think with a group of people and I'm doing life with them and we're all holding each other accountable to a higher standard, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, I think some people think it's like always this classroom environment and it's not. It just is, I'm challenging you, you're challenging me. We're both moving down the path of learning together. uh, And that can't happen in a room of people I don't know, Mm -hmm. or I'm not even in the room. I'm kind of virtually in the room Mm. it just doesn't happen the way we're created i think as humans and how we connect with one another
0: pausing the conversation with elizabeth for a minute to remind you about compassion canada and the amazing opportunities we have here to advocate on behalf of children and their families living in poverty in this whole conversation we're having So are you seeing maybe it's your own church or are there, are there some models or some places you're seeing like, I'm excited about this. This feels like hopeful. Um, And maybe that's just like, you know, a lady who has three people over to her house and she does it. Or uh, is there a church or, um, you know, a larger model that you're seeing maybe in like a student movement or something where you Mm -hmm. feel like excited. Like, is there something you can point us to and say, (laughs) go check that out? What they're doing seems intriguing. It doesn't mean perfect,
1: yeah. but. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, there are two different things that make me excited. And I'm trying to think of the woman's name as I'm talking to you. Uh, but it is a discipleship program for, um, it's called Praxis Groups is the name of the program. Um, and it's for, this one specifically for women's discipleship, but I think it could apply to women or men. But it just is in the context of my home, Um, How can I invite people in and we meet for a period of time and I take people through this, this content Mm -hmm. that has a relationship dynamic to it, but I'm intentionally helping people grow in their prayer life, in uh, spiritual disciplines and how I confess sin so that I'm in a community where I'm held accountable for, Hey, it's a time for us all to share and say, this is where I missed the mark this week. And I need my community to hold me accountable to that. Uh, And like it, to me, it is. I'm holding you to a higher standard, but in a community in which you're loved. Mm-hmm. And so I have had just wonderful conversations with a woman in my, uh, at the Village Church who participated in it, and then it replicates leaders. So that to me is also another thing is that I become a person who's leading. I'm not just a person who's sitting and receiving. So the other one, uh, I, would be, I would be probably uh, remiss if I didn't mention uh, the Village Church Institute. I just love what the Village Church Institute does mm-hmm. and the opportunity I had to be a part of them It's, okay, we want to have an educational environment in the church. We want to train our people to think deeply about the Bible. How do we do that? Um, And so just different levels from beginner to advanced. You don't have to go to seminary to learn deeply about your Bible. You can do it at the church. And so helping people understand biblical theology, systematic theology. What does the Bible say? What are basic beliefs of what it means to be a Christian? How am I formed as a Christian? And thinking about that. So you're going to sit around a table of people. And you're going to be asked some questions as you are responding to the lecture. And with this group of people, you're thinking critically and thinking critically about your faith, uh, Bible study. So how can we walk through books of the Bible, but do that in a small group context. So I'm learning about scripture with people in my church, um, but also being led in a large group time. And so it sounds like Sunday school.
0: Like you're talking about Sunday school for adults. (laughs) You know,
1: (laughs) it is, Uh, I think it is the Sunday school movement, uh, I think we lost something when we went to the simple church movement and we got rid of all the things. Mm. And I think we need a new Sunday school dynamic for our generation because we need a dedicated space to teaching our people what it means to follow Jesus. Right.
0: I mean, the classic thing is if you're not uh, biblically educated, then a story about Jesus without the context of the whole picture of the whole canon of scripture or You're talking about Elijah, but who is Elijah and where does he fit into the picture? I mean, just even that is so crucial to understand the sermon. Yeah. So while you were, you know, doing, uh, you know, Christian education and this being like a big background for you, this is, you know, I love, I want to talk about discipleship stuff all day. Like I want to talk about digital discipleship. I want to talk about, can we do it on the internet? Is it even possible? We've got to find some way to do it because Gen Z's on their phone, you know, the people after Gen Z, their phone is just like glued to them. So how do we do it? But there's this whole other part of you that I'd love to dive into, which is around, you were also at, uh, so at pastor or senior pastor, Dr. Tony Evans, if people know him, his daughter's been on this podcast, Priscilla Shire. Um, you were the single life coordinator, like Okay. Just as a context in Canada, I don't know any church that does like a singles ministry and maybe someone could, could let me know if there is one. And definitely I don't know anyone who would say they would be doing singles ministry. Well, like it's not just a bunch of creepy weirdos. Talk to me about (laughs) what this is like. I want to talk about the single conversation for a few minutes with you. That's that could be a whole podcast on its own, but uh, let's talk about, let's talk about singles ministry
1: yeah singles ministry is very interesting uh, as a single when I when I stepped into the role because I'm I have been in churches where I'm like I'm not a fan of that singles ministry situation you got going on it's creepy or it's weird um, and so I wanted to be in a place where singles got good ministry and so I'm not a proponent of singles ministry needs to be in every church but there are some moments in which you just feel left out because it's super family oriented. We're focused on marriage and kids all the time, and so where do I go to get community? And so for right, me, right. that was a goal. We do life together. How can we grow with the Lord and in community with people? If you want it, you don't have to come. <laughs> Everybody, it's here for you if you do. And so that just looked like we Bible study. It also looked like social events. How can we? Dallas is a wonderful city, and there's a lot of things to do in the city. So let's go out to dinner. Let's go out to the movies. Let's go out to this cultural event in the city. Um, let's go. You know have a game night at someone's house? You know, How can we just have a good time and not feel um, dried up about the season God has given us, but just really joyful about the season? And if you want to meet somebody, maybe you can meet somebody, but that's not the goal of why I'm here and what I'm talking about. Uh, And so that's really what it looked like, a mix of events and a mix of discipleship for people who wanted to find community with people in the same season.
0: And when you talk about it as a season, I guess, to me, that implies that it ends. Um, but like for a lot of single people, that's not the case. It's not a season. It's their life. Um, you know, you can call it a season. Again, when do you stop calling it a season? If you've been single for 45 years, is it a season or is it just your whole life? You know, just this is right. four seasons, summer, like. winter, spring, fall. Yeah. We got all the seasons. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a question, but I'm just saying, you know, there, there is this kind of idea of it's like the holding oh, yeah. pen or the waiting period. Yep. Um, yep. How do you, how do you grapple with that? Or how do you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is. Cause it's true. I didn't want to be the person who would give people false hope, right? If you want to hope for a spouse, hope till Jesus comes back. Um, but I'm not going to tell you guys making guarantees. He hasn't told you. And so how do we face the question in the room that nobody wants to face, which is what happens if you don't get married? And you know what happens? You still have a wonderful and beautiful life because that's what you've always had. And so it is, how do I help people realize you have purpose, that you have a mission that God has sent you in to do in this world? You have gifts, you have talents, you have interests. There's so many wonderful opportunities of things you could experience. How can I intentionally cultivate joy in my life Create a community of people I love, experiences I love, and just steward the life I have well. If I get married, great. I'm going to continue to do the same thing. And if I don't, great. I'm going to do the same thing because the goal is living well. The goal isn't to get married. It's to be faithful in our life with the Lord. And that is a hard, hard truth to try to encourage people to believe because people believe that marriage is better. Right. That singleness is junior varsity. Marriage is varsity. Um they're different and they're, but neither one is better than the other. I love that, that you said century. that the
0: varsity and the junior varsity, we've, I've at some point in the podcast, we've had that conversation about singleness and it's this idea. It's not the junior varsity. It's an entirely different sport. It's not like a less than it's like literally you're playing a different game. It's a totally different yeah. kind of approach to life. Yeah. Um, and what are some of the things like that, that, like I'm thinking, not the single people. Like most people listen to this podcast are not single people. Um, what are some things you would want to talk about to just like the church folks who are listening? Um, what are maybe some things that they need to he- they need to know or understand or consider around single people? Because we know like so many people are single now more than ever before. And and what what would what do you think from your sort of vantage point as leading this kind of ministry or some of those misconceptions or things like, oh, I just wish people would get this.
1: Yeah. Uh, that sing that you don't have a better life than I do. Um, and so what that means is every time I can talk to people and be sharing about things I'm doing or accomplishes, accomplishments I've had, and without fail, if someone hasn't seen me in a while, they're like, hey, that's great. But did you meet somebody? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I've done all these things, yeah. but all you really care about is whether I'm in a relationship. And some people, that's what they really want. So it's it's this tension of you want to help give people hope, but normalize singleness and normalize it as a good place in life to be because it's not any, it's different, not lesser than or better than marriage. Um, how do we create community for people? And so a lot of times singles will come into the church, and because I don't have a child or a spouse. It's hard for me to get connected. It's hard for me to feel a part of a community. And so how are we intentionally making ways for singles to have a seat at the table? I always tell people like holidays, like Dallas is a city full of transients. So people move here and they might not have family here. Like on Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter and the holidays where you might normally be around the table with people, like are we making sure those who don't have a home uh, have a home? Uh, or don't have extended family, have it, have family to sit at, because really, this is what it is to me: is what is our theology of family, and that the Bible uses brother and sister a whole lot to talk about who we are. We are one unified family as believers, and that should be the the mm. community I walk into in the church. And so that's from sermon illustrations. That's from who's giving the announcements. That's from who's on staff and who's helping make decisions for the ministry that we do Um, and what ministry is needed. It's hard to make decisions for people whose voices you don't invite to the table because they can only speak for themselves. And so to me, it's, am I creating a community that focuses on family for everybody or just family for people who have a nuclear family?
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think there's something, as you're talking about the holidays, it makes me think of this idea for singles of being celebrated, where like if if especially for women, but it's the same for men. Like there's these milestones in life, like when you become a parent, when you get married, where you get like like literal like gifts, like thousands and thousands of dollars in presents. That's the culture, um, and you get like the big party that everybody comes to. So not just the the financial gifts or the, but it's also the surrounding and the celebration of like a marker of a milestone. And so if you have come into your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and you didn't have those markers, then like, am I an adult yet in this community? Like I didn't have these rites of passage or like I still could use an air fryer. (laughs) Uh, You know, like when when (laughs) you you live on your own you need the air fryer as much as the person who's getting married or whatever it is. do you have anything, any insight into that about how to
1: celebrate oh um, a single friend? You know, I think it's how do we make, because that oh gosh, you could have a whole conversation on just what you said of just these rites of passage that make you feel like you're an established adult and there is no natural comparison that people come together. And so how do we celebrate the moments that make the moments that a single has even bigger Or just a moment to just, for no reason, except that they are loved by God, let me celebrate you, invite you over, and love on you, and serve you, um, to let that single know that you're seen and you're loved, and you can be celebrated too. Uh, Or to be able, yeah, yeah. That was probably what I'd say, is how do we find moments, whether they are the natural moments of accomplishments or birthdays, but even just a regular Tuesday. It's like, I just want to love you mm. and bring you to this place and just shower you with blessing because I want you to know that you are a valued member of our community too.
0: And for the, the single person, I mean, we've kind of been addressing them, um, but if we had a chance to talk to them, um, you know, what, how would you help? How, how can a single person, um, you know, they might be feeling some of this stuff we talked about, like, oh, I wish I could be celebrated, I wish, I don't know, I could be invited to your family Easter dinner or because I'm by myself or whatever. um, What would you say to them? And like to encourage them not to be, I don't know, in this bitter place, not to miss out on whether it's a season or a life, like not to miss out on the life that they have. Um, What would be, I guess, just an encouragement for them? And maybe we can leave from that into, let's talk about your book.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. What I would tell them is advocate for the life that you want. Um, And so that means sometimes you might have to invite yourself over to people's houses graciously to be like, Hey, you know, I'm here. If you think about the holidays to who are people who I can engraft myself to their family in a really respectful, um, non-weird way, but just I need to be a part of someone's family because singles, we can be transient ourselves and not engage in the community. And so how can I pinpoint some people be courageous and ask for a relationship and friendship that allows me to have the community I desire I tell people to keep hoping that if uh, marriage and a spouse is something that you want, continue to hope as you live vibrantly. Uh, singles have a lot of independence and they have a lot of freedom. And those two things we use in service to the community of God, but those two things are really valuable. And so how are you taking advantage of the season in some ways that are really beautiful? And what are you consuming? This is probably my last one um, because I would say part of the reason that I feel that I've been able to live well as a single is because the community around me were other singles who were doing the same thing, and the information I was consuming was telling me to run as fast as I could after the life God had given Mm. me. And so who's around you? What are you consuming? Because those things can affect our disposition about feeling like what we have is a blessing or something we'd rather get rid of.
0: to pause this conversation again with Elizabeth to talk to you about Scripture Untangled. This is a new podcast by the Canadian Bible Society. We know that the Bible can feel overwhelming and it's confusing sometimes, even hard to believe. Scripture Untangled brings you interviews with culture leaders, leaders in ministry, and Bible thinkers to inspire you to dive into the Bible and understand it. Season 1 is bringing you influential voices from across Canada and beyond, sharing the impact of scripture in their own life, but also how to wrestle with big... this book not so long ago, Embrace Your Life, How to Find Joy When the Life You Have Is Not the Life You Hope For. And like, yeah. you know, we're talking about the conversation meandered into this idea of singleness because that's a, you know, you have like a, literally you were like the professional singles organizer, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, whether, again, whether you wanted that title or not, that was in in a season of your life, mm-hmm. that was your job. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. a lot of us though have a life that is not exactly what we hope for. Like that's most of the time for most people. Um, yeah. So, okay, why did you write the book? Uh, because, <laughs> I mean, I guess why did it need to be a book? Because yeah. um, you could have written about a few other topics like we've already hit on. Yeah. So why this conversation?
1: I think some of the the conversations that are the best to write about are the conversations that you've lived. Mm. And so I've had to learn how to embrace the life that I've been given. I've had to learn how to navigate uh, my singleness. I'm in my late 30s uh, and single and never married. And so there's been highs and lows during my season. But then being in ministry, I've met people who have had a plethora of other things I didn't want. And the two groups of people that I would talk to are mainly two groups of people. People who were trying to make it work. Like they were trying to thrive and we're having conversations to keep them going. And the people who got stuck, right? Every time you talk to them, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're replaying the same tape. They can't get past it. And that made me really sad because their life had so much potential that yeah. they couldn't get to it because they were stuck in a place. And I wanted people to get unstuck. Like, I know what it feels to be hopeless. Like, I know what it feels to be like, God, I don't know how I'm going to get past this or deal with this. And to see God get me past it and to see me help me deal with it, as I want to share that wisdom with someone else. For in any season you're in, you can pull the book off the shelf and say, Okay, this is what I can remember and then do in my life as a believer to help me steward the life that God has given me well, no matter what that life has brought with it that I don't particularly want.
0: Yeah. And, and you talk about in the book too, you have this thread of the life of Joshua. Um, so what was it about that story of Joshua in the Bible that um, resonates with this idea? Like, this is not the life I thought I, this is not the life I thought I would have how do i and yet Joshua's was this epic character so it's interesting to right. think of him as someone who didn't have a life he wanted because he had like yeah. quite an amazing story um so what yeah tell us about that insight
1: you know i picked i picked Joshua partly because he does have this epic story and the story of just faithfully leading israel to take hold of the promised land that they had been promised For generations. But at the very moment that that happens, something else epic happens, and that's Moses dies. Yeah. And so he has been with Moses for 40 years. Joseph used to, Joshua was a slave. He came out of slavery uh, by the power of God through Moses and then served him in the wilderness. And then he steps into this leadership role when his mentor and friend is not with him. And so you think about the immense amount of grief that he must have been experiencing. And you open up Joshua 1 and God tells God, Joshua, okay, Moses is dead. It's time to get up. And you're yeah. like, okay, God, I get it. But can we just have some time? <laughs> and <laughs> what you see is he does give him time. Mm. And so that really is probably, I saw something in how Joshua processed a painful event, but also what God called him to do, which was to keep moving forward. And so it's like, okay, the pain didn't leave him. You know, you process, grief stays for a long time, but he kept moving forward. So how did he do that? How did he hold on, but keep moving and really take Israel into something that was super beautiful? Mm. Um, And so I think it's his story that inspired me saying, okay, it can be done. Let me see how Joshua did it and what I can learn from that.
0: Yeah. And so can you give us maybe some of those like things to grab onto? How do we like, it's not just like survive the life it's, this is my normal life. I'm feeling it this week. You know, I'm just off the other end of having COVID. This is not the life I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I felt pretty lousy for like uh, the last number of days and I'm just sort of recovering. And uh, yeah, I mean, whether it's like a moment because the moment feels so real or it's a long, not just a moment, but like a long part of life. um, There's just so much that isn't what we thought it would be. And so what are some of those anchoring
1: uh, Truths for you? Yeah, I think it's a space in which we're able to admit that we have something we don't want mm. um, because our habits and activities, we move at such a quick pace that you don't even realize something's wrong. Then maybe you've eaten too much over the past couple of months um, and you see your scale go up a little bit <laughs> or your bank account go down t- a little bit because yeah. you spent too much money. Like we have habits that indicate, they're indicate, dashboard indicators of what's really going on in our life. And so I think being able to be present with the Lord enough to say, Lord, I don't want this. Yeah. Like what happened? I, this makes me really sad, frustrated, or angry. Whatever emotion on our feelings wheel, we want to attach to that. Um, and so this place of self-examination, but then lament, because I, I think that that gap, that what I wanted to happen and what has happened is a death of sorts, a death of an expectation, a death of the life we thought we wanted. And so that we honor that by lamenting it. Like, if I can't run away from my pain, Elizabeth, how do I deal with it? We lament our pain before the Lord and we cry out to him with the fullness of our being Mm. in whatever way we do. Um, And I believe that God meets us there and that lament is pregnant with hope because you're not going to cry to someone who you don't think can do something. And so that's the thing is that, God, you're not doing this, but I know you're doing something and I need you to bring my eyes to that. And I need you to remind me of what's true about you. So God's character, what he has promised us, that God is sovereign, he's in control, that God is faithful, meaning he hasn't abandoned his Mm. children, he hasn't forgotten us. But that also because God is who he says he is, there's something that's true about us, which means that I'm an image bearer that is supposed to live on mission for the Lord. And so a lot of times this longing can make us forget what we do have. Mm. I believe the Lord is bringing us blessing and goodness every day in the smallest things. You woke up and you have breath in your lungs. That's blessing. Um, And so how can we be in a place where we are people of gratitude and celebration for the everyday moments and the extraordinary moments, ordinary moments, um, as we wait on God to do the things that only he can do. And so it is, it's this... New perspective, it's this fresh perspective, but it is uh, self-examination, lament, remembrance, hope, and then faith. God, what can I step out on? What newness can I step into? And then joy. How do I remember the joy I have because I'm connected to Jesus in eternal joy, but also present joy? Because of Jesus, God works on our behalf. And so it is, it may not always be when I want it and what I want but the God of the universe is caring for me and let me live with that on the forefront of my mind. And so those are things that I will cycle through myself in seasons where I'm struggling. It's like, I need to cultivate joy. I need to remember, man, I just need to be sad and it's okay for me to be sad before the Lord, but not to stay there, but to process there. Um, And that's what I try to unpack for people in the book is a pathway on which for them to find the joy that I believe is available to us through the Lord.
0: Okay, so speaking of cultivating joy, we have some questions that we ask um, most of our guests at the end of this season of the podcast. The first one is What is a spot that you think is a, like a best spot to travel that like maybe people don't know about? So it might just be like a place in your hometown, it might be yeah. like a beach hidden somewhere on a, you know, on a Greek Island that you went to one time. What's a place that you think other people need to get to travel to?
1: Um, I am, uh, my spot would probably be a restaurant. Um, And it is, everybody should have Lou Malnati's pizza from Chicago once in their life. Say it again. What pizza? Lou Malnati, Lou
0: Malnati's pizza in Chicago.
1: In Chicago. And so you need to just get there. Just do <laughs> I love your it. life and will Trouble be better. I love spot is a
0: restaurant. Is perfect. <laughs> okay.
1: You can tell what I do on vacation. Yeah, it's so good.
0: Hey, what's a book that changed how you think about something?
1: Um, I probably will choose. This is more on a business entrepreneurial side, yeah. but from good to great yeah. is a book that has changed how I think about how you approach business, whether it's small or big and really focusing on what you do and doing that one thing really, really well. What is a movie that makes you cry or has made you cry? Uh, Forrest Gump.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just recently I was, I saw like his bench. I was, I was in Savannah, Uh, Georgia and I saw the Forrest Gump bench. Um, so good. And the last question, if you go to a place with 50 ice cream flavors, which is your go-to flavor?
1: My go-to flavor will be Rocky Road. You get some chocolate, some marshmallows and some nuts. You get a little mix there. So that's what, that's mine.
0: (laughs) I love it. Okay. Elizabeth, if people want to find you, they want to connect like with you on social media or they want your book, like where do you want to send people on the internet?
1: Yeah, you can go to org, and you can learn all the things about me, find links to order my book, um, or you can follow me on all the social media platforms at Miss Jazzy Liz, M I S S J A Z Z Y. Jazzy
0: Liz, Miss Jazzy. Liz. And do most people call you Elizabeth or do they call you Liz? It's a mixture of both. All right, all right. I get the same. It's Joe or Joanna, depends,
1: whatever people feel like.
0: Um, Elizabeth, Jazzy Liz, thank you. Thank you so
1: much. I really enjoyed the conversation today. Oh, thank you. It was fun to be here.
0: Elizabeth, thank you so much for the conversation. Next week, we have Glenn Packiam from Barna Group on the podcast, and we're talking about resilient Christian leadership in this moment. So thanks to our sponsors, Compassion Canada and the Canadian Bible Society's new podcast called Scripture Untangled. We wouldn't be able to bring this episode without you. And Now I want to remind you to go to rate, review, subscribe, share, tell somebody else you know who needs to be encouraged about this podcast and about this episode. If you're looking for the back catalog, you know, I'm hearing all the time people will mention a book they've read or uh, someone that they're really being influenced by. And I'll be like, Oh yeah, I totally know that person. We've interviewed them on the podcast. Why? Because we've already done seven seasons. So we have an amazing back catalog of conversations with leaders, influencers, and topics that may very well be the people who you want to connect with right now. So go check it out on our YouTube channel and wherever you're listening to podcasts to find the back catalog. Also on our YouTube channel, you can always find those tutorials if you want to get help practically in how you do church communications. And we'll continue this conversation every week in the Digital Church Facebook group. See you next week as we talk to Glenn from Barnett Group.
1: Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate it and share this episode with your friends. Head over to wordmadedigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate the best news in the world.